Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 131. If Royal Caribbean does something really well, it's definitely offering its guests the opportunity for an amazing family vacation, and family is the key word. Whether you're going with your spouse, children, grandparents, cousins, or maybe just people you met through your favorite cruise website and consider them family, a Royal Caribbean cruise offers so much for everyone, and it's really no surprise to hear Royal Caribbean is a great choice for families to many Royal Caribbean fans that are out there. To that point, Royal Caribbean was recently named the top cruise line for families, and we invited the author of the 2016 family-friendly cruise travel planner to join me on this week's episode to discuss what Royal Caribbean does to be such a great family cruise line and why they picked it as their top choice. Here we go. The first Royal Caribbean cruise I ever took was on Explorer of the Seas from Cape Liberty, New Jersey, and... Everyone in my family had a great time on board, and we realized that a cruise was the perfect vacation for our family because we could all do different things, but yet we were still doing them together at the same time, and Royal Caribbean has been recognized time and time again for being a leader in family travel, and this week, we have Heidi Allison from CruiseCompete.com, who is the author of the 2016 Family-Friendly Cruise Travel Planner, which recently just named Royal Caribbean to the top spot in its top 10 family-friendly cruise lines. So I wanted to bring Heidi on to talk about the experience and and what makes Royal Caribbean such a big hit with family. So Heidi, welcome to uh, RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com podcast. Thank you, Matt. It's a pleasure to be here, and we're honored that you um, invited me to be on your show. Thank you very much. Absolutely. You know, and the thing about it, what struck me is, of course, you know, family cruising, I think, has never been hotter. It's something that a lot of families are looking at. Why do you think family cruising is as popular today as as ever, really? I think because it's easy. When you take multi-generational family members on a cruise, there's going to be something for everyone. The people that want to have a really active adrenaline rush kind of adventure, it's Mm -hmm. there. The people who want to sit back on the deck and read a book, that's there for you, too. Not to mention the pricing. It's all-inclusive. You know what you're going to have to pay. And when you compare it to a land vacation, hands down, a cruise is a far better value. I think value is the, is the key word there. Because for families, especially, you know, you go on a vacation somewhere, you go to the beach, even if you think that, okay, that's not going to be that expensive, right? Well, you've got food to deal with. You've got transportation costs. You're going to have to do entertainment. I mean, you can't sit on the beach for a couple of days, but, you know, kids are going to want to do other things. It it quickly snowballs, right? And and a cruise vacation is a really great value, and I think that's a really important distinction that you brought up there. So let me ask you this. When you were looking at, you're obviously sitting down here to, to come up with your list, and you had 10 cruise lines that, that made your list, and I'll, I'll read the 10 right here, Royal Caribbean, Disney Cruise Line, Norwegian Cruise Line, Princess Cruises, MSC, Celebrity, Holland America, Carnival, Crystal, and Cunard. So how did you come up with the list first, before you even ranked them? What were you looking for in a cruise line that would essentially lend itself to be a family-friendly cruise line? Well, the first thing we did was we had a lot of our readers, we surveyed them and asked them their favorite cruise lines. Then we also surveyed our writers, of which we have 22 that write for us and tell us about their cruise experiences. And unequivocally, Royal Caribbean comes up number one. A lot of people might think Disney would, but there's Disney is so much more expensive than Royal Caribbean. Right. And not everyone is really keen on the Disney characters. <laughs> so <laughs> Royal Caribbean is the best well-rounded in the category for family. 
Interesting. Yeah. I mean, well, you're preaching to the choir here. <laughs> and, I know. You uh, love Royal Caribbean. Yep. And uh, it certainly makes some sense. So what is what essentially does Royal Caribbean do uh, well, better or well or really well over anybody else? What kind of brought them to the top of that list? I mean, are there certain activities on board that you think really resonate well with families? Yes, absolutely. When I took my two sons on a Royal Caribbean cruise and they were in the children's program, I mean... But it's very hard for moms to have a vacation when their children are at home with a babysitter. Moms like to have their children with them. So the beauty of Royal Caribbean and their children's program, you feel very comfortable when your children are in the program and you're able to go and lay by lay in the sun, go to the spa and have a spa treatment and you know your children are well cared for and Especially since my one son had a list of, this is what I'm doing at this time, this time, and this time. <laughs> Sorry, Mom, I'm busy. I mean, it's almost like he was too busy for me. But <laughs> the children loved it. I have two sons who will rave on and on about how much fun and how many memories were created on the different Royal Caribbean cruises that they've been on. Absolutely. And your, the story of your son reminds me a lot of my daughter. We were on a on one of the Royal Caribbean ships, and we were going to Cozumel. It was like our first port stop, I think, of the cruise. And so we were like, okay, we're going to go. She was in Adventure Ocean, the kids' club, and we went to go pick her up because we were going to go on shore. And she just – she was crying. She didn't want to leave. And so we said, oh, no. do you want to stay here You know, instead of coming with us? And she said, yeah, yeah. She's, so she stayed on board, and <laughs> she had a great time with them. And we were able to do some, you know, maybe a little more adult activities and be able to, you know, like you mentioned earlier, you know, just enjoy some time together, me and my wife. And, hey, it's, it works out. It's win-win. They're, she's having a great time. We're having a great time. And yet it's a great family experience overall. So um, exactly. definitely, definitely sounds good. What do you think – uh, the uh, do you think the additions of things like the flow rider, the rock climbing wall, uh, and even on the newer ships, you know, you've got bumper cars and and ripcord by iFly, the skydiving simulator. How do these do you think factor into the appeal of Royal Caribbean for families? Well, I'm I'm assuming that most young people. Uh, under 20 are exceptionally active and the thought of sitting around playing bingo I don't think would be very exciting for them. Sure. So all of those, I mean the adrenaline rush, I mean that's what my sons are looking for. They're looking for that excitement and new experiences and the the call of where you glide and hold on on top. Zipline? Ziplining, yes. Yes. I mean that's what they all want to do. And to be able to go on a vacation where you know things are supervised and tried and true and they're careful with who the suppliers and vendors are that they're bringing on, you can feel a lot safer on a Royal Caribbean ship having your children zip line than to go off to some country that you're not familiar with and that there aren't a group of people standing around watching the zip lining. Yeah, no, makes sense. Um when you're talking, when a family is considering a cruise, be it Royal Caribbean or otherwise, what do you think is important to consider when when looking at you know what's the right cruise for for that family? Well, unfortunately, I would say most families have budgets. Mm-hmm. So the first thing you would want to do is pull together your budget. And the beauty of any cruise is that you can have an inside cabin up mm-hmm. to a suite, and once you ascertain your budget, then 
There are people that I know that have gone on cruises and they really haven't spent any extra money. And then there are people that go on cruises and they spend a lot of extra money. So it just depends on your particular situation. And I think a cruise is fantastic for the entire family. So first you choose your budget, then you take a look at Royal Caribbean. And when you take a look at Royal Caribbean, you choose the kind of cabin I don't want to change the subject, but I know they're adding some new suites and suite life and so forth. But so much is included. You really don't have to spend a lot of extra money. So, well, you've chosen your budget. Yep. You've looked at the ship. You have to choose your destination. What's it going to cost? You can obviously drive to Florida from pretty much everywhere in the U.S. Are you going to drive or are you going to fly? And then you book it. Makes sense to me. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> One of the interesting things, I was taking a look at the, I'm going to post a link, by the way, in our show notes at royalcaribbeanblog.com to the uh, the family, family friendly cruise travel planner where our listeners can take a look at this and read and read of the, the interesting research that you have here. One of my favorite sections of it is actually uh, in chapter four when you uh, have the, uh, the great ideas for things to do with your children on a cruise. And one of my favorite, and this is something maybe I think I'm sure my wife will want to do when my kids get a little older, the mother-daughter spa experience. What a great idea, you know, kind of combining things that, you know, obviously my wife as an adult enjoys, but as my daughter gets older, certainly introducing her and doing those kinds of things together, right? Isn't that what all a cruise is really all about, doing things together? That's what it's all about. And especially an experience like that, your daughter will never forget that. Her <laughs> Maybe it will be her first spa experience. And what a great time to spend with mom and to see your daughter joyful and thinking, oh my gosh, I've never had anything like this and I love it. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, when we're talking about Family cruising. There's also, you know, we talked about just you know young children as well, but but also you know for teenagers, I think that's a really under, not under, underappreciated, but but certainly an understated uh, aspect of cruising that really excels quite well because you know Royal Caribbean and cruise lines in general offer a lot for kids. I mean, oftentimes I'll see in the cruise compass, you know, various activities that are teen only. Uh, there'll be like the, the flow rider will be rented out for teens, or there'll be teen parties. Certainly, I know that you know your your sons also went through this a little bit in terms of uh, going on a cruise as a teenager. Do you also feel pretty strongly about what Royal Caribbean offers in terms of uh, a teenage experience? Yes, absolutely. So many things are included. They have the sky simulator. They mm-hmm. have roller skating, the circus school at sea, the aqua theater shows. The rock climbing, I think, is really a exciting thing for teenagers to do, as well as the flow rider, what else they have, mini golf. Yep. Um, they have so much to keep your teenagers busy. And the fact is that you, they can have some freedom, but yet you know where they are. Absolutely. I think that's a great point, and this is true of cruising in general, is that you have that ability to have, give them some freedom, give them some flexibility, be like, you know what? All right, we'll see you at dinner tonight. But they're on a cruise ship. I mean, when you're at sea, there's, you know, they're not they're not that far from you. So it's a little more of a controlled environment than say you know going to the mall and letting them, you know, go be free over there, right? That's a little bit of a different situation. So I think that that's a really good point about, you know, allowing, you know, the, your your teenage kids to have a little more space, their own freedom, but yet you're still together. And and I think that's kind of an important distinction. Plus, it's a very educational experience because you're exploring the world together. Um, you're going to museums, if this is what you would like, rainforests. Mm-hmm. You're uh, experimenting with food and tasting different things that 
maybe your children haven't enjoyed before. So you're making a lot of family memories that everyone will definitely remember. Absolutely. Great points all around. Well, Heidi, a pleasure having you on here to talk about family-friendly cruising. And, of course, I give you a big thumbs up for an agreement with your pick for Royal Caribbean as the number one for uh, being the family-friendly cruise line. And we'll be sure to post a link to the this ebook over at uh, royalcaribbeanblog.com. But if you want to check it out on your own, of course, you can go to actually cruisecompete.com and click on the resources, and that'll get you the ebook right there. So thank you so much for, for your time. Well, thank you, Matt. We love your blog and love to read it all the time because you've got some great information. Aw, shucks. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. (laughs) Well, thank you, Matt. On each and every episode of the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, I want to make sure we take time to answer your emails about anything Royal Caribbean, in fact, whether it's about something you read on royalcaribbeanblog.com, a question you have about your upcoming cruise, or really anything else in between. I'm just looking for an excuse to talk Royal Caribbean with you, and that's why Every episode, we have this segment where we get to take some time answering your emails. And if you want to email me your thought, question, comment, whatever's on your mind, send an email to matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. It's just that easy. And today, we have an email from Murph, who writes, I just got off Liberty of the Seas and thought you would like to know something about the ships leaving from Texas. Because of Texas taxing laws, the lounges of the ships are not fully stocked until the ship is 12 miles out. Texas taxes, say, try saying that three times fast, each bottle that is open, so Royal Caribbean decided not to open the finer drinks, hence I didn't buy my drink package until day two where I drink top shelf scotch. Merck, that's a great point, and you know, I experienced the same thing when I was on Navigator of the Seas, well, now a couple of years ago, uh, sailing out of Galveston, and you're absolutely right, there are only a couple of bars open during the embarkation part of the day. Now, once you get out to sea, it all opens up and it's fine, but it is something different that you only experience really in Galveston, and it's exactly for that reason. But Murphy, I appreciate you reaching out and telling all of our listeners about this because I think it's a good point for anybody who's selling out of Galveston on Liberty of the Seas coming up. Hey, it's something to be aware of. It's not a, I don't think it's, I wouldn't characterize it as a big deal, but it is something a lot of people notice. And especially on Embarkation Day, you know, a lot of people are like, yeah, I'm going, I want to go grab my first cruise drink, start my cruise off right. And they realize it's very difficult, in fact, not very difficult, it's just, not as easy as on other ships to find bars that are open that are serving alcohol. So something to definitely keep in mind. But don't worry, once you get out to sea, it's all good. Next up, we have an email from Mark Cavanaugh of Salem, Oregon. Hi, Matt. I did it. I booked a seven-day cruise on the Oasis of the Seas for January 2017 for my 50th birthday. It includes stops at Nassau, St. Thomas, and St. Martin. One of my bucket list items is to watch the big jets come into Juliana Airport over the beach there. So there, this is the trip. As it gets closer, I will want to contact your friend Leo, who's the driver in St. Martin, and I'll also want to go to Marigot along with Sunset Beach Bar. We're staying in Central Park View Balcony Cabin. I'm very interested to hear what it'll be like. We've been on a Vision Class, Radiance Class, and Freedom Class ships, and in interior and ocean view staterooms. I am thinking that Central Park View might be better than Ocean View for this itinerary. This will be our first Oasis class ship, and I'm super excited. Our ship leaves in 371 days from the day I wrote this email. It won't come fast enough. Next, I need to book an Alaska cruise. Maybe next month or the next Royal Caribbean promotion, I'll get to do just that. Mark, love it. Yeah, I think you picked a great cruise, man. Oasis of the Seas. First of all, going on an Oasis class ship in general is always very exciting because they just offer so much. It's an amazing class of ships. And you picked a great one. And I think your plans for St. Martin sound really, really good. In fact, it's 
a lot of what I think a lot of people are looking to do, and I have done certainly a lot of those things where you do a little potpourri. I think it's what St. Martin's really good for, is a potpourri approach where you do a couple different things rather than maybe dedicating your day to one particular aspect. And I think you're probably your, your best bet is to go to Marigo in the morning, head on over there first, and either go to maybe Orient Beach or do some shopping or eating or a combination of all three. And then head over to Sunset Beach, at the, which is the uh, bar over at Maho Beach. And that's the bar in the beach area that's right by the airport where all those airplanes do those really close landings. I mean, you've seen the YouTube videos of them where you'll you'll see the airplanes literally landing within, it seems like, feet above the ground. And lots of people like to go over there on the beach and, and check it out. And this is something, it's, it is fun. It is a cool thing. I think it's worth doing once. I'm not sure it's something I would want to do every single time because I think it's a little... A little bit of a tourist trap, I'll be honest with you. But I do agree it is worth doing once, Mark, and I don't blame you one bit for doing it because I wanted to do it, and I did it once, and that's why I think I'm, I'm good after that. The other thing you mentioned in your email was your Central Park balcony view, which is what I've got actually on our Allure of the Seas group cruise, which is coming up in just a few short weeks. And I love that class of staterooms. I think it's just a wonderful view. I love Central Park. First of all, you save a little bit of money by booking that. So first and foremost, that always helps. Number two, you get an amazing view of Central Park both day and night. Night and day, day and night. I don't know why I'm quoting that oldie song, but there you go. And on top of it, what I love about Central Park is leaving your balcony door open, especially in the evening, because Royal Caribbean has live music playing. It's not like a DJ playing. This is their live orchestras that come out there, and they'll be playing some beautiful music. So it's to me, it's the perfect kind of music to have as maybe you're getting ready for dinner. Have that balcony door open and you can enjoy the music as well as the view, which is just, I, love, I think Central Park is just such a beautiful spot. I might go as far to say is the most beautiful spot on any Royal Caribbean ship, but I am slightly biased towards <laughs> what Central Park offers. So, uh, Mark, you did well, my friend, and I can't wait to hear about your cruise. I think it's uh, going to be an amazing experience for you, and I, I, just, I know you're going to come back with lots to, to talk about, Mark. Can't wait to hear all about it. Next up, we have an email from Bill Slavin. I have a question, and one about a rumor I've been hearing about of the mattresses on Allure. I've heard that they're replacing the mattress with really firm ones. Is there any truth to this? Is there any cost to the new restaurant that replaced Rita's Cantina? I'm looking forward to trying the guacamole they have there, but what else do they offer? I haven't been able to find much research as far as restaurants and changes that were made in the 2015 dry dock. So, great questions. And let me answer the second one first, which is about Sabor, which is what replaced Rita's. And Sabor on the Oasis-class ships on Allure of the Seas, it is a a la carte menu. So that means instead of paying a cover charge and having all your food included, you pay for what you order. Similar to what Rita's did, right? If you order tacos and, and I don't know, a, a soup, you're only going to pay for tacos and a soup versus me who would go there and order, you know, five appetizers and a couple of entrees and I'll pay for all that food. So it's good and it's bad, right? It's good if you're only going there for a snack. What's actually really good for are people who just want to go there for the guacamole and maybe some drinks, right? Before you had to pay the cover charge on here, you don't have to worry about that. So it's there's pros and cons. And the good thing about it is, that, honestly, the a la carte prices aren't terrible. So I think you would not struggle to reach what the cover charge would have charged you. But I think for a lot of people, they may find that they're perfectly fine with what's included uh, with the a la carte and just paying for that and maybe coming out ahead in that in that regard. Your other question 
was about the mattresses. And I have read many of many a message board thread about the mattresses and people saying they're hard or they're soft or whatever. I think mattresses, just like food, are very subjective. Uh, I mean, what I enjoy in a mattress, you might not enjoy in a mattress. I don't have any definitive information for you, Bill, quite honestly, in terms of what you know, if there's a brand new mattress that's been there or, or not there. So, uh, you know, it's hard for me to answer that question for you in terms of what to expect. I mean, also, what you may find is a firm mattress, I may find is a comfortable mattress. Or And there's plenty of people who think that anything short of a rock slab is too soft of a mattress. So, I guess if the worst thing you could worry about, Bill, is the mattress quality or the, or the firmness of the mattress... That's a pretty good problem. That's that's pretty good. I can think of worse things to worry about. Now, uh, Bill, you also mentioned I was on alert in 2015 from March or February 22nd to March 1st before the dry dock. I remember a few changes that were mentioned by you, I think, and others like the cupcake cupboard has now been combined with the ice cream shop on the boardwalk, and a store was replaced the old cupcake cupboard. Did the kids' arcade also move to the boardwalk and replace the Build-A-Bear and the old arcade area filled by a new restaurant? Was the entire crayon and anchor lounge removed and put up with something else? Bill, these are excellent questions, and what I'm going to do actually for you, my friend, is link to you to a blog post, I think I did, where I was looking at the dry dock changes for Allure this season. I think this is one of those things where there's a lot of little changes Royal Caribbean does. Some are obviously adding restaurants is a big change, but some of the changes are a little smaller and a little less noticeable, so uh, certainly something to to keep in mind. Um, And Bill also has one more thing he adds over here. And that is, I can't believe I haven't heard of Labadoozie before listening to your podcast, especially since I've been cruising with Royal Caribbean since 2002. I definitely look forward to trying one the moment I get on the ship. In 2014 and 2015, I purchased the Ultimate Liquor Package and found it well worth the investment. During the year, I don't drink liquor, and if I do, it's maybe one or two drinks the entire year. Things change once I get on the ship and don't have to drive, and everything is taken care of me. During the day, I'll have a few strawberry daiquiris, pina coladas, and soon, Labadoozies. During the evenings after, say, 9.30, I start the hard liquor, but I never overdo it. But it's like you said, it all depends on the individual and how much they plan to drink and make it worth it. The other things I love about the drink package is the unlimited fresh squeezed orange juice uh, squeezed right in front of you in the morning at the buffet. They also have the same machine at the food area over at the gym spa. They had one at the Promenade Cafe, but it has been since removed. I'm a diehard Royal Caribbean cruiser like you and could talk for hours about cruising. Have a great day and talk to you soon. Bill, Love it, my friend. That's great. Thank you for the feedback, especially about the Ultimate Drink Package. I know that a lot of people uh, struggle with the, I guess, I don't know if struggle is really the right word, but they certainly debate the the notion of buying a drink package or not, but I appreciate your thoughts on it, Bill, and of course the, uh, the good email as well, so thank you, my friend. Next up, we have an email from Ian who writes, I just finished listening to episode 127 on Nassau, Bahamas, and I wanted to give my theory on why so many cruise ships stop there. You will note that many ships from major cruise lines, Royal Caribbean, Carnival, Norwegian, have their ships registered in the Bahamas. Also, many of the cruise line private islands are located in the Bahamas. It is my belief that in exchange for cheap registration fees and access to these private islands, the Bahamian authorities require a certain number of calls to port. That way, it boosts the local economy with that many tourists visiting and spending money in the city. It's just my theory, but it seems to make sense to me. In comparison, although new cruise ships are not generally registered in New Caledonia in the South Pacific, many cruise ships are required to stop in Nomia, which is quite an industrial town, in order for the authorities to grant access to the beautiful islands of New Caledonia. Interesting theory, and uh, you know what? I don't know that you're wrong or right, honestly. I think it's a valid theory. I just feel that the reason why so many ships go to NASA is because, well, NASA is really close to the United States, and 
it benefits greatly from that. I mean, the fact that, you know, if you've got a, if you're doing a three or a four night cruise, which is the bulk of what cruise ships stop in Nassau for, those short hauls that they just want to go somewhere, right? They got to go somewhere. And let's, I mean, if you look at a map, Cuba's out, or at least it's still out for right now. That may change. But outside of Cuba and outside of the Bahamas, I just don't think there's a, there's anywhere else that's that's close enough to make a three or four night cruise work and make a stop there, right? I mean, you're you're considering what San Juan or or somewhere in in Hispaniola. I'm not sure that's really you know going to be close enough for that. So it, I think it greatly benefits from that. If there was another, if you could if you could stick some new island uh, somewhere closer or or in the same vicinity, I think you might maybe that you'd see a difference. But I. Not sure you're wrong. Also, quite honestly, for all I know, Ian, you're absolutely right that by registering the ships there in those places, they have some sort of obligation. Certainly, I think that they do have obligations in terms of the number of stops associated there that are tied with the agreements they have with the island. So let's forget about the the ship registration for a moment. I do believe, and I've seen this in other ports, where you know Port X agrees to build a new cruise terminal or a new dock or whatever to support bigger ships, and in exchange, the cruise company promises to have X amount of stops or deliver X amount of passengers over X amount of years. And and I think that's kind of what is probably all inclusive here, what we're talking about. But regardless, odds are if you're going on a Caribbean cruise, there's a good chance you're going to be stopping in in Nassau, so whatever the reason is or the rationale, maybe we'll never figure it out, but I think it probably has to do a little bit of everything we're talking about here. So thank you, Ian. Good stuff. Next up, we have an email from Valerie Johnson who writes, Hi, Matt. We have a back-to-back coming up on Jewel the Season in March. Of course, to get me through the cold Michigan winter, I've been devouring your podcast and watching some of your periscopes. This back-to-back will be our ninth and 10th cruise with Royal Caribbean, so we've been to most of the island several times. We've been to St. Thomas a few times, but have never gone into the town of Charlotte Amalie. This time, we have plans to go to Emerald Beach and then to Charlotte Amalie to wander around, shop, and hit a restaurant or bar. Anyway, my question is regarding to one of your podcasts regarding St. Thomas. I believe you mentioned a particular bar or restaurant in town with a special drink. Unfortunately, I can't seem to find that podcast again. Can you refresh my memory regarding the restaurant or bar you mentioned? Also, any additional places or stores to visit in Charlotte Amalie while we're down there while walking around town would be appreciated. Ah, yes, Valerie. I remember the restaurant you're talking about, and that is Cousins Caribbean. C-U-Z-Z-I-N-S Caribbean. I'll post a link in our show notes to the live blog I did while I was on Freedom of the Seas there. It was really good food. It was authentic. If you're looking for St. Thomas-ish food, that's where you want to go. And they have a great drink. It was so good. Uh, actually, it was funny. It was I got into the restaurant and I was, you know, whatever. I was in order, whatever. And somebody recommended, one of the blog readers, actually, Michael from Tampa, I'll give credit where credit is due, recommended the Lombada Boomer drink. Don't ask, I don't know why it's called that. I didn't question it. I said, okay, well, you know, when in, while in, when in Rome, why not? And I had this drink. And let's just say, Valerie, that this drink, I felt good the rest of the day. I felt real good the rest of the day. So, yeah, if you're in there in, in in Cousins Caribbean in St. Thomas, be sure to go check out the Lombada Boomer drink. <laughs> Definitely a very cool drink. Also, a lot of people will have told me in the past that they also had the Bushwhacker is another drink that's well-known in St. Thomas. Something definitely for you to, to check out there. 
and definitely a great re- uh, restaurant and drink experience. So I think you got a pretty good plan there. Now, Valerie also wants to know my next question is regard to your Periscope videos. I think this is just this old grandma's not tech savvy enough to figure it out. I always seem to hit your Periscope several hours after they finish. Once I happen to stumble on a live broadcast right at the end of it. So my question is this. How do I know when you're going to be ready to do a live Periscope so I can chat along with everyone else? Is there some setting I need to set? Do you send out an email or Facebook announcement when you're going to be broadcasting? While I'm typing this at work, (laughs) I'm listening to one of your older podcasts on your 100th episode of Small Ships versus Large Ships. For what it's worth, we prefer the Small Ships, Radiance Class, Vision Class, and Voyager Class. We've been on Freedom and thought it was too big and too crowded. With that being said, we have Harmony of the Seas booked for March 2017. We typically book for the destination, but this time, it'll be for all the ship. Valerie, great comments, great email. And so here's Periscope. And I think you've got a great question about Periscope because quite honestly, I know there are other people who are struggling with the same questions because it's fairly new and not the most obvious thing. So Periscope is an app that's available for smartphones and iPads, which allows you to, allows me to stream videos. You can do it too, in fact. Uh, It's free, totally free to use or to watch. And what you're going to be doing is you get to tune in and watch and chat along with me. Now, the thing with Periscope is it's very much a live experience, and you want to get in on that. So here's what you need to do. Number one, and I think you already got this, but just in case for anyone else who doesn't, download the Periscope app. You can download it for uh, any iOS device like iPhone or iPad or any Android device, in fact. Download it. It's all free. The If you're looking for it on the iPad, you need to actually it's, – it's an iPhone-only app, so you can still download it on the, on the iPad. Just, you know, adjust it accordingly. Anyway, download the app. Sign up for an account. Only need a Twitter account in order to do it. And then what you want to do is you want to search for for me. You want to search for the RCL blog. That's my that's my Periscope name, the RCL blog, and I'll post a, the 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 link and the name my username in our show notes for at royalcaribbeanblog.com. So in case you you're driving or you're at work, Valerie, and you can't do it right now, you want to do it later when you're when you're at home. That's no problem. And you want to search for me on there. You want to add me, add follow me on Periscope. And then what will happen is anytime I go live, Periscope will notify you and say, hey, Matt is broadcasting right now, and here's what he's broadcasting about, and bam, you can tune right in. That's the best way to do it. I try sometimes. It'll, it'll cross-post to Twitter, and it sometimes, sometimes will cross-post to Facebook, but the best way, the best way to be notified immediately is going to be from the is definitely going to be with, with the Periscope app. So uh, once again, you want to follow me on there, the RCL blog. And I agree, it's a lot of fun. I love doing Periscopes. I do a Periscope video every day, or at least I try to do it every day. And it depends. The time varies from day to day, so you never know. And in that way, this is what's so great about getting the notifications. Periscope will let you know about that. So that's probably your best bet there, Valerie. And, and uh, Valerie, I hope I'll, I'll see you in there live, because it's always more fun when you get people live and then we get to talk about, you know, anything uh, going on there. And in regards to your big ship versus small ship, you know what? I, I love what you're what you're saying here, and you're going for harmony for the experience. And I agree. You know, with Royal Caribbean's uh, Quantum class ships and Oasis class ships, these are ships that honestly were, in my opinion, at least, were designed and built to be destinations in and of themselves. Not that where you're going isn't you know is inconsequential. It's actually really important, and and a lot of people do enjoy that. I love going to where I'm going. It's not just about the ship, but these ships were built to offer the the visitor the guest as much to do on board more than they can ever possibly do in a seven night cruise and that's definitely probably the biggest difference these days between bigger ships and smaller ships i actually find it kind of funny that you consider a voyager class ship a small ship because i said that during the i think i said that during that that episode 100 
And a lot of people in the chat room are saying, no, Matt, you're crazy. But I think, relatively speaking, in 2016, Voyager class is a smaller ship. It's not a small ship, per se, but it is a smaller ship, if that makes any sense. Sometimes I ramble on here, and maybe I don't make any sense. But, Valerie, great email. Love the uh, the questions, and thank you for reaching out here. And hopefully we'll see you on Periscope. And we've got, uh, time. I think we got time for maybe one more email. And it'll be coming to us from Mark Wiggum from Greenswood, Indiana. We're leaving on our first cruise on a four-day Enchantment of the Seas cruise. I have loved all your advice with the WGW Today podcast, and I'm glad to have so much great info about Royal Caribbean right here. I was listening to episode 104 of the Royal Caribbean blog podcast and heard you say that if you're traveling with someone who is in one of the higher levels of Crown and Anchor Society, you can board with them through the special line. My question is, do they let those traveling with you attend the different events on the ship? For example, the parties with the free booze. Mark, excellent question. So officially the answer is no. Uh, What's going to happen is if you're a Crown and Anchor member, so let's say you're like me right now at the recording of this episode, I am an Emerald member. So when I get an invitation to one of the events, the Crown and Anchor events, I'll get a little invitation in my room. And you, it says on there, bring this invitation with you to the event at this place at this time. And when you go there, you're supposed to give your invitation in and 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 that's it. That's kind of your your secret access in. I'll be honest with you, Mark. They don't really check all that well in terms of like I, I've had sometimes where they've taken the invitations. I've had sometimes where they don't even look for the invitation. Basically, if you're smart enough to show up there, you, you must be in the know, and that's kind of the assumption. It's very from ship to ship, sailing to sailing. You never know. I will tell you that they never do a head count. Even if I'm there with my wife and my family, it's just one invitation gets us all in there. Could you probably get in there with your friends? Probably. Do I think it's necessarily worth it? I don't know. I mean, I find them fun and interesting because I'm a Royal Caribbean fan, and I like to hear the people talk. I like hearing the loyalty ambassador talk about what's coming down the pipeline. I like hearing from the captain or the hotel director about some... They always have a humorous take on on different aspects of the cruise, and, you know, I enjoy that. Now, there is free alcohol, yes. Uh, I kind of doubt how potent the alcohol is, quite honestly, but I'm not one to pass up free alcohol, so, hey, why not, right? So I guess what I'm saying, Mark, is if your friend was to get you in there, would I, you know, would your friend bring a group of 20 in with them? Probably not. But if you wanted to go and see what it's all about, I don't think it would be the end of the world. Maybe some of the people take take umbrage with my assumption there. But officially, the answer is no. It's, just, it's open only to the Crown and Anchor members who are invited to go. And that's well, that's where I will leave it at, Mark. How about that? All right, I lied. One more email. One more email because, you know what, there's never enough emails here. And I, I, quite honestly, I love answering and reading emails because that's what it's all about it's about you guys i do this podcast for you i hope it's helpful because i enjoy it from a it's just it's something fun that i like doing but i I want this to be enjoyable for you and the more emails we get in i feel like the more helpful we can be and so our last email is from kyle in dc who writes i just listened to episode 124 where you and michael answered a listener's email about how to find which other ships will be in port on a given day in response, you mentioned CruiseTT.com. I've also used CruiseTT.com, but recently I discovered that their listings being complete. While researching other ships and ports with us for an upcoming cruise, I was comparing CruiseTT.com to CruiseTimetables.com, and Cruise Timetables listed ships for a couple of our ports that were not on CruiseTT. I then checked this against other cruise lines websites, and sure enough, the mission 
of missing ships were scheduled to be in the ports with us. I can't be sure, but my suspicion is that Cruise CT does not always catch specialty sailings like chartered ships or ships from non-traditionally U.S. cruise lines like Ida or Thompson. Anyway, I know this is hardly life or death, but if just wanted to pass along the information that you or any other fellow cruisers were checking stuff this out prior to their trips, if any other listeners would like to try cruisetimetables.com, they go to the website and click on the Ports of Call tab. You can also look up the departure ports there. Thanks. Keep up the great work. I'm selling on Harmony of the Season December of this year and would love to come to the podcast to talk to you about it if you all have me. Kyle, great information. Love it. Thank you so much for sharing with me. And of course, Kyle, invitation is always open there to join me here on Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. So Kyle, send me an email when you get when you get back from your cruise. We'll talk about it then. How about that? Matt at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. And I love the recommendation, by the way. Hey, I've only ever used CruiseTT.com, but I'll post links to both websites in the show notes over at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. So if you want to consult both, it never hurts, right? To go look at them. The resources are there for you. Thank you, Kyle, for the email. Love the information. And thank you all for checking out Royal Caribbean Blog. You know, I, it really means a lot to me that, that you listen to this podcast, that you're a part of the experience. And I also want to say a big thank you to the Royal Caribbean Blog Insiders. And you say, Matt, I've heard about this. What is this insider thing you're talking about? I, You know, what is it? Well, it's basically an opportunity for you to give back to Royal Caribbean Blog. Oftentimes people say, you know, Matt, I love the blog. I love the podcast. I love the some aspect of the website. And I want to give back. Uh, how do I give back to the podcast? And one of the easiest ways to do that is through the Insiders Program. Basically, this is a special group, a special club, if you will, where you can give back financially to Royal Caribbean Blogs. You donate a couple of dollars a month. It could be as little as $1 a month. It can be as much as you want. But it's your opportunity to give back some money. And for depending on how much you give back, I will give you special perks. There are special perks like we have a private Facebook group. We have access to the Royal Caribbean Blog Price Tracker, which gives insiders only the ability to be able to track the prices of every Royal Caribbean cruise out there. There are special merchandise opportunities for the insiders. The Royal Caribbean Blog insiders get first dibs, first access to any special events we're planning, and a whole lot more, quite honestly. There's a lot of different... Uh, options and and rewards for you. So if you want to support Royal Caribbean Blog, if you're liking what you're hearing, you say, I would love to hear more of this. Well, I would invite you to go check out the insiders right now by going to royalcaribbeanblog.com slash support. Royalcaribbeanblog.com slash support. Of course, I'll post the link in our show notes uh, to the insiders. So if you are one of those people at work and you you can't act on it right now, that's all right. Just go to the show notes and we'll have a link for you to go check it out later. Again, you can join us for, for as little as $1 a month and you can help support this podcast, the website, and everything else in between. And of course, I need to make sure I say thank you to everyone who has been inside, whether you just joined, you're about to join, or you've been a member for a couple months now. It really means so much to me because there's so... I can already see the difference it's making in terms of the product I'm delivering to you guys. And it's, it's all part of, hopefully... Get moving Royal Caribbean Blog forward and giving you better content, better access, and better information to help you have a better Royal Caribbean cruise. That's what it's all about. So more details, again, for the Insider Program over at royalcaribbeanblog.com slash support. And if you want to email me your questions, comments, thoughts, anything you hear beyond this podcast, email me, Matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.